0: Welcome to another edition of The Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Craig Walker, the pastor of Upward Church. And I want to encourage you, if you found us through YouTube or some other podcast hosting service, to subscribe, like, share, comment, send up a smoke signal, and let someone know about this podcast that encourages us and equips us, inspires us to live the extraordinary life God has planned for us, to live the epic adventure of following Jesus. And I'm super excited about this podcast because I'm joined with my son, Christian Walker, who is also the worship leader for our Upward Church Pensacola campus. And welcome to the podcast, Christian. Thank you. Glad to be here. I have brought every family member into this podcast now, and you are the holdout, so we're glad to have you. And uh, I'm excited about this podcast because uh, Christian, you felt like the Lord put a word in your heart to share with us today, and uh, I'm excited to get to talk about that. Yeah, so I
1: got this fresh this morning while I was in my daily Bible reading. And I just came in your office and said, Hey, I think I have a word, um, apologies to everyone who works very hard on the podcast (laughs) to change it all. But, um, I felt like this was important enough to, um, to go for it. Um, so yeah, you asked what it was and I said, I could tell you, or we could do it live and see how it goes. <laughs> um, so here we are. Yeah, so here we are, good. Uh, so here's my plan. I'm gonna do a little setup. I'm gonna say the word, what it is, and then God gave me like four action points basically. So this all happened in like 20 minutes and I wrote it on the back of my um, recipe for jam. So it was all very spontaneous. I don't think I, that's why I think it's a word. I don't think I could whip this together in the time limit I have. Um, I love it when
0: the Lord just drops a word in our hearts like that. It's almost like we're taking dictation.
1: Right. I'm just taking notes. Yeah. So this comes from my daily reading of Ezra and Nehemiah over the last couple of weeks. Um, For those who might not be as familiar, um, that is a story of the people of Israel returning to Jerusalem after their time in captivity from the Babylonians. and it kind of jumps around the timeline. So like part of Eversar happens and then it's part of Nehemiah, then part of Esther. It's all kind of folding back on itself. So apologies if I'm out of order here. But um, yeah, so I read this morning. This is where it came from. Nehemiah 10, the label on it is the people who sealed the covenant. And then it goes through, it lists. Nehemiah and his house. It lists the Levites and the chiefs of the tribes. But I think that it would be more accurate if it was called the people that resealed the covenant. Mm. Because as we know, the whole reason Israel was scattered was because they had not kept the covenant. Right. And so we can say this, God never broke the covenant. Right. Because that's not what he does. I believe he did update it. With Abraham, So like the covenant has changed over time, mm. um, but he has never broken his end of the deal. And in fact, in Nehemiah chapter one, he tells God basically that you scattering us was you keeping the covenant. Right. Um, what he promised. Right. And um, so anyway, in chapter 10 of Nehemiah, they have returned. The walls are being built. I don't know if they're done yet. But they basically take time to go through and they just, they just list out what the covenant is to reaffirm themselves to it. Um, and Nehemiah and the remnant of Israel, that what was left, this ragtag bunch, felt that they needed to reaffirm it. Um, and so the word I had this morning was, not this morning. Well, yes. And I think someone who's listening to this podcast needs to hear this. Um, is that the covenant that Nehemiah resealed back then is not the one that applies to us anymore, but there are people listening now that need to reapply the covenant that we've been given through Jesus's blood. Yeah,
0: that's a good
1: word. Yeah, Um, and I'm talking to the person that might have been saved as a kid. It's been a while, someone who was saved years ago that has maybe felt like their lives, they've been slipping morally they've been letting more things slide and um they have and maybe they're not satisfied with where their relationship with the lord is now so that's who my heart is right now when i'm saying this stuff
0: and they can come back like nehemiah and the israelites did and say we want a fresh start today right today is a new day yeah um
1: and then what the Lord gave me were kind of four things it took Israel doing to make this all happen. Um, and I think that there is a correlation mm. through us now. So I'll just go into them, I guess, if okay. that works. Go um, for it.
0: What's number one?
1: Number one is that God had to move. And in Ezra 1, the whole catalyst for... Israel even having a chance to return to Israel is because the Lord stirred up the heart, the spirit of Cyrus, King of Persia to make this decree. Right. That's good. And I think that the correlation for us is that we have to have that conviction of the Holy spirit in our hearts to, to be the catalyst for this reaffirming.
0: The wind's got to blow again. You got to feel the presence of the Lord touching your life. Yeah.
1: And I want to say this to someone out there is that there is a difference between um, guilt and conviction. Uh, conviction is the Lord telling you you have unconfessed sin in your life that needs to be dealt with. Guilt is what the devil does right. to keep you trapped there, to make you feel shame, to make you go back to it. Right. So Condemnation. Yes. that If you have confessed of something and you've not done it again, then you no longer need to feel that weight on you. The right. Lord has cleared you of that. Right. And when that pops back up in your mind, that is the devil at work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The accuser.
1: Yeah. Uh, point two the remnant had to return to Israel. And half of the book of Ezra is just talking about that process of getting back to Jerusalem. Um, and at the end of Ezra, they've they've kind of made it back. It's in shambles, but they start realizing the sin they've committed. And the big one in Ezra is that they had married the daughters of other nations, which had been part of the covenant they kept. Right. And Ezra is like weeping and and just totally he's confessing to God, but he is just totally shaken by this. And someone has to speak up and remind Ezra that even now.
0: Right. Even now, like for Jonah, it says the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Yeah, He's the God of the second chances. And here is God again, even now, reminding him.
1: Even now for Israel, there's hope in spite of all this.
0: Right. So, In spite of everything that our listeners may have done, no matter how, the, how deep the hole is, sin has taken you in, That's the message, the extraordinary life God has for you starts today. Today can be your turnaround because even now God has put you listening to this podcast right now to give you hope again, courage to try again and like Jonah, get up off that beach in the vomit of sin and start serving the Lord just like the Israelites when they made that journey. You know, it's interesting that Cyrus was not even a believer. And so God can put circumstances in place, even with people that don't know the Lord, to get us going in the right direction. And that's what he did with Israel. He came and visited them again. Then he gave them a second chance. Right. And
1: not just Cyrus, but Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king, which was like a very prestigious role to have and he had to go to his king years later after what happened with uh, cyrus and asked to be made governor to get permission to go rebuild the walls so the lord had to move some way to make this all happen yeah but they had to take that step too that's the second point is you have to meet god part way right but we have to he does his part as he always will right but we have to do our part too and part of part two of that return is that number three they the Israelites had to repent of what they had done. Um, that's how the book of Ezra ends with him con- repenting of intermingling with the other nations when the, p- the people of Israel, Israel were supposed to be met separate impure. pure. Um, <laughs> Set apart, holy, right. sanctified. And they had they had corrupted that. And that was part of why they had been scattered in the first place. And Nehemiah starts it's back to back. So Ezra 10, he repents. Nehemiah one, he repents. It says he spends days weeping and crying as he confesses to God the sins of Israel. And in Ezra one, he lists out these things that they've done, um, and um, he does all that before he goes to the king. So um, basically, he was repenting so that God could do the work. Right? Faith. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah, he was getting. He was postured now where God could even move heathen kings, people that are maybe in your life that don't even know the Lord, don't walk with the Lord, can start giving you favor or posturing you in a position for God to give you the success he has planned for every one of us. That's his plan, future and hope. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um, and then the last point, Part of this whole process was fasting, We'll tie in, because in January, Upward Church is going to be doing our corporate fast, and this process in both Ezra and Nehemiah involved fasting. In Ezra, before the Israelites set out, they had Cyrus's permission, and Ezra had told the king that they didn't need a guard. But then <laughs> it was time to leave, and he was like, maybe I should have taken that guard, but he doesn't ask the king for that. In the Bible commentary I'm reading, it says that if he had asked that, his actions would have denied his words. Mm. And, um, it's powerful. Yeah. So they spent time fasting and praying before they set out. Like that was the, they're like, we're doing this and we're taking time to do it. They didn't like fast on the way. They did it and then
0: they went. Because in that day, there would have been robbers on the road. You right. would have It would just been a normal procedure to have protection. Right. But Nehemiah says to the king, listen, our God is well able to protect us. I, I mean, he put God on the line. Right, right. But then he's like, well, we better make sure we have the favor of God with us. And, right. And, and fasting really does clear the air. And that's what they did. They cleared any kind of resistance, any kind of hindrance between them and God. They said, we're going to put it to the side. We're going to make sure we're going out with God's favor on our life. Right." And not just
1: like common thieves, they were the enemies of Israel. Yeah. That didn't want right the, the walls rebuilt. They didn't want the Israelites to return. They, um, and that's, that's like a lot of those books is people trying to either misrepresenting Ezra and saying, he's saying things he's not to make the king angry at him to people literally trying to lure Nehemiah to his death. Yeah. And, um, I, th- as a side note, I think Neh- the first like four chapters of Nehemiah would make an awesome, good Christian movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where it's absolutely. Like getting the king's permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The work on the wall. Them carrying a sword at all times while they work because right. they have to be ready. Yeah. And then multiple assassination attempts. Yeah. Um, anyway, You
0: definitely got the pro- ca- protagonist and the, yeah. the
1: bad guys. Yes, and then people, they, they go hire a priest to kill Nehemiah because they know he's a man of God the priest is like come to the house of God so you'll be safe they were lying in wait to kill him yeah but to get back to the last point um before in Nehemiah 1 he fasts as well that's what he's doing while he's crying and and um praying to God is it says he fasted and prayed and as a cupbearer he would have the luxuries of the palace at his um
0: man yeah i never thought about that he had the temptation all around him
1: right so he abstained from all of that to both repent to god to ask for god's favor to get the king's favor so the fasting really activated a
0: lot of the things that for it all to take place essentially i think that fasting when we fast and we're around food which you don't realize how much food is the center of your life right or how much of your life centers around food until you start fasting. Everybody and their brother's gonna ask you out to eat. Everybody's gonna have a party that you have to go to. Right. But part of what fasting does is it screams to us through a, the belly groans, the yeah. stomach, the hunger pains. No, I want God more than I want food. I want God more than I want anything else. Yeah. And. And that's important, not just for what it does between us and God, but it's important for us to just deny our flesh and say no, 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 uh, and you know, don't give in to the uh, well. Food's here; I should eat it. You know, when you're on a fast, just just go into it each day, going, Lord, today I want you more than I want food. That has helped me. On, on the long fast that I've done is every day say, Lord, today, this day is set apart for you. And I wanna show you that I want you more than anything, including food. Yes. And that's what the Israelites did. I mean, this was a, usually when you go on a trip is not a great time to fast either. Right. Um, because it's hard when you're on the road, but they knew they needed God's help and they were serious with God. And the Bible says, that if you seek me with all your heart, I'll be found of you. And anytime we take one step to the God, he's going to take two to us. He's going to run to us. Right. And fasting thins the veil between heaven and earth. So the supernatural can happen more readily in our lives. Yeah. And,
1: um, I don't think I've ever successfully finished a fast, um, I think it's because I did it for the wrong reasons. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose some weight. It'll be great. But this year I was really praying about this fast lately. And then I started reading Ezra and saw all the ways this fasting has activated these things. Um, So if you're out there and you're like, "Um, should I do this fast or not? You have time to pray about it and find out what the Lord wants you to do. I feel like I need like a water fast level reset in my spiritual life. So that's what I'm praying about doing. I don't want to just do it because I know that's the gnarliest fast. If that's the reason I'm wanting to do it, then I don't want that. You know, right. I want the Lord to tell me what to do, but um, it's just something that I think everyone should consider that's listening to this to reset their year at
0: least. What Christian's referring to for those that are not a part of Upward Church, the beginning of the year, we go on a 21 day fast. It can be a Daniel fast, which is just vegetables and fruits. Or it can be a more serious fast, water and juice. Uh, we don't advise anybody not to drink a lot of water. Yeah, um, broth. And abstain from water and food. That's very dangerous to your health. That has to be a supernatural fast for that to happen. But you know your body will tell you you're gonna die and uh, you're not gonna die, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Uh, some of you may have medical conditions. You'll have to, you know, consult your doctor. But for most of us, it's just a matter of beating down the flesh, which is our real enemy. Yeah. That our flesh wants us to pamper it, give in to it. But we have to say, no, you're not the boss. I want the Lord more in my life than I want food. And it's always easier to fast together with others. So... You can join us. We'd love to have you fast with us starting January the 1st for 21 days and watch what the Lord will do. I want to give a couple resources to our listeners. Yeah. One is, of course, uh, Born for the Extraordinary, a book I wrote that this podcast was kind of birthed out of. You can get that on Amazon.com. And then the other one would be a a book on fasting by Jensen Franklin. I don't know the name of the book right now for sure. I think I do, but I don't want to tell you wrong. So just Google that. And I would say that it's so much easier to fast when you have a word like you just gave us, or you have a book that pulls out what fasting has done for people. Right. Man, not to mention health-wise. I mean, it's just good for you all the way around to give your body a break, healthy break from
1: food. and Maybe we can make sure we know the book title and just drop it in the comments yeah, yeah. wherever if, people are watching. So
0: Absolutely.
1: They, or if they, you're listening... They won't find the wrong thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. if
0: you're listening now, you could drop in maybe some resources you know of that uh, put in the comment section and we'll just make this kind of a community uh resource for everybody but fasting the bible says fasting breaks the yoke yeah and it's called fasting
1: by By jensen franklin
0: fasting yeah we're getting help off screen here but it's fasting by jensen jensen franklin fascinating book and fasting absolutely breaks the yoke It is a discipline that Jesus just assumed we would do. He said, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. So it's a discipline that many Christians find is a foreign concept, but it's really a basic discipline of following Jesus Mm. that the church needs to get back to. And uh, I can tell you, in my own life, I have seen the power of fasting, you know, you mentioned the tears and the crying and the repentance. When you fast, it's just so easy to weep and cry. And it's like the, it's like an onion with all the layers on it. Over time, believers get crusty and more and more layers. Yeah. But when we fast, it's like God begins to peel off that crusty layer and crusty layer until we get really tender to the Lord I remember one time I was on a long fast and I told Leslie, my wife, Leslie, I was like 10 or 13 days into the fast. And I told her in a transparent, honest moment, I said, you know, i just feel like I'm just now getting softer. and you just don't realize it. Life can make us get kind of crusty and hard. Ministry can be hard. Right. You're in it with me. Yeah. And you can, you know, you gotta fight off cynicism. And yeah, you know, there's some battle scars that you carry, but the Lord wants us to stay soft and humble. Yeah. And submit to his hand. And the best way to do that is periodically to fast. So we begin the beginning of each year with a fast saying, God, we want more you more than anything else, and we wanna know what your plans are for the new year. Right. Um, So join us on that fast. Christian, what a great word. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it. Of Bring, course. It brought the fire today. I'm trying. And uh, <laughs> we'd love to have you join us online. If you don't have a church at upwardchurch.org, you can see Christian leading the worship there, get to know him in that regard. And we want to encourage you to invite somebody else each week as we're learning how to live the extraordinary life. God bless you. We'll see you next time.